Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Good to see you guys, and I hope you're all doing well. I'm glad you're here. I'm grateful for you. If you're joining us online, podcast, app, smoke signals, I don't know, but thank you for being here as well. And um, at this time, I just want to welcome everyone, if you could. Let's get out our Bibles or a Bible app and go to the Gospel of Luke. Today, we're going to be in chapter 10. We'll pick up in verse 1, but we are continuing in this series at talking about making disciples, and we're, and, and we're learning these different skills. We're, we're learning six skills that every Christ follower should master and be able to help others master as well. And so far, yeah, come on, to this day, we've looked at number one, we begin what, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, not indwelled, that comes at salvation, but be filled, meaning be under the influence of God, the Spirit, and how you act, what you say, the things you do. That was skill number one. One, and then we looked at um, what? How to pray and how to share your story. That's your testimony. We talked about how to share God's story. Last week, we looked at how to study the Bible. And so we've looked at five critically important skills. All right, these skills. Now, I would say this all skills, these skills, like any skill, I would say this in order to maintain those skills, you're going to need to use those skills. And if you don't continue to use these skills, then you're going to lose those skills. That's how, that's how skills works, man. That's how it works, man. I, I know this. I know this. Example, example. Here's an example from my life. Listen, listen. There was, this, this, was a, this, was a, this was a while back, a while back. I decided, you know, one weekend I thought to myself, I would like to learn how to juggle. All right? I'm going to learn how to juggle. So I, I dedicated a whole weekend to learning the skills of juggling, all right? I did that. I'm quite certain it was a boring weekend for my wife, you know? Nonetheless, that's what I did all weekend. Monday morning, I had some juggling skills. I did. I was okay. Now, I'm not going to go buy a monkey, get a unicycle, join the circus, but, but I, could, I, could, I could juggle. I, 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 could, I could juggle, all right? But you know what? I have not maintained those skills. I stopped. And so if you were to come up to me today and say, Travis, here's, you know, throw some, throw some balls at me, they're going to hit me in the face because I'm not going to, I cannot juggle. I can't. I lost them. And I'd say the same thing about the skills we've learned over the last five weeks. If you want to maintain the skills, if you want to grow in the skills, you're going to have to continue to use those skills. You got to practice them, right? You got to use them. 
The more you use them, the more confident you will become. So I will say this right now. Church, I want to encourage you. Keep using these skills. Keep being submitted to God the Spirit. Keep reading the Word of God. Keep telling your testimony. Keep telling people about Jesus. Keep studying the Word of God. Keep doing these things, and you will continue to grow. All right. So that's five weeks. This is our final week, and the deal is this. I've said this all five weeks, all right? It is not enough for you to just be a disciple. You get all those five skills. God also desires you to be a disciple who can disciple others, right? What's the command? Great commission. Go, or it could be better, I guess, translated as you're going, as you're going about life, you're doing the things in your life, be making disciples. And so we're going to end, conclude this series about looking at how to disciple others. Because we want to do that. God said, as you're going, I saved you, I indwell you, I'm sending you as you're going about your business where I'm sending you, you be making disciples. So we're going to study this by looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 1. So let's look at our text. We're going to decide. We're going to, I want to be a man who disciples others. First thing, I would say this, you got to be a person on mission for Christ. First thing, you got to be, you got to be on mission for Christ. You can read the Gospels and you can see as Jesus is ministering, he knew his time here on earth was limited, okay? He knew he'd be returning to God the Father, and so what does he do? Does, do, do, do. He delegates his mission to his followers, all right? Verse 1, Luke 10, verse 1, I'm just going to read it. Here's what it says. After this, the Lord, that's Jesus, appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two. And every town and place where he himself was about to go, we'll stop there, all right? The text begins with this two words, after this. The question is, after what? Well, after he had been ministering, after he had called the twelve, after he had commissioned them, after he had given them instructions, instructions, after all of this, it says Jesus then does what? It says he appoints 72 others, and what does he do? He sends them out to do what? His mission. Remember, after this, Jesus had been doing these things. This has been his ministry. He's been doing these things. After these things, after he got his ministry, he then appoints, he then gets 72 others, and he sends them out to do the very thing that he's been doing. That's what the text is saying. Come on, look. But hey, look, check out this word. There's a word there that really grabs me. It's that word, others, others, this is other. who, who do other, who are the others? Who are these 70, 72 others that Jesus sending out? It's not the apostles, right? All we hear is that they are others. Who specifically are the others? That's exactly right. You done been looking at my notes, man. That's what my notes, it's exactly right. They're, they're, they're the followers of Christ. They're ordinary people saved by grace, just like you and I, nothing unique about them except they loved and obeyed Jesus. And I hope, I think that we as Christians can all see ourselves in this group. They just, they just, they just like us, all right? They're people willing to deny themselves. So they're willing to take up their cross daily and follow Jesus. That's them. And it says Jesus appointed them, meaning they were sovereignly chosen by God and they are sent out. They're sent to do the mission of Jesus. 
That's what we got, all right? That's how it starts. Okay, delegate his mission. Get to verse two. Jesus is going to, Jesus is going to give them some more instructions. Here we go. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, that's the 72. Check this out, church. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yeah. Two, two things, two things to note. Church, hear me, hear me. The harvest is huge. The harvest is plentiful. There is not a like. The harvest is, is, is large, but the laborers, the workers, are few. In other words, we don't got enough people to go into the harvest and do what needs to be done. All right, okay, okay. So what are we supposed to do about that? What's it? Jesus, your mission, you're sending us. The harvest is big, but there's not enough. So what should we do? Look, he tells us, he instructs us the rest of verse 2. Look, therefore, because the harvest is plentiful, therefore, because the laborers are few, this is what Jesus tells us to do. Look, pray, but he actually modifies it. Pray this manner, earnestly. Church, pray earnestly. That means with passion. That means with dedication. We are to be praying earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Check it out. This is important. Whose harvest is it? His. It says it. Jesus says, it's my harvest. That's what, it's his harvest. It's not my harvest. It's not your harvest. It's his harvest. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, right? We pray to the Lord of the harvest about his harvest. That's interesting. Because we've been sent, guys. We've been sent. Harvest is huge, large. The laborers are few. So what do we do? We pray. But we don't just pray, according to the text, for the salvation of people. We're also to pray for more to be sent. It's a twofold kind of prayer. Jesus says, go. Go about my business. Be doing my stuff. Be on mission for me. The harvest is big, people are few, workers, what do you do? Pray how earnestly to who? The, the God, the, har- the, 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 the God, the Lord of the harvest, one, that he would save, two, that he would send. Send and save. Save more, send more. That's what we're told. Verse three, he continues. Once again, I love it, verse three. Look, go your way. Once again, it's like the Great Great Commission. Same kind of thing. As you are going, there is an imperative there. I want you to understand this go. The same in the Great Commission. It mean, as you're going to school, as you're going to the gym, as you're going, I don't know, man, anywhere you, anywhere you find yourself going, you're to be doing this, all right? Go your way. Church, go. 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 And then he says... Behold, that'll get your attention. He's about to tell us something important. He's saying, go your way, but listen, I want you to know this. This is important. Hear me out. I'm sending you, behold, I am sending you out as lambs (laughs) in the midst of wolves. It is true, but you hid that and you're like, what? 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 Listen, I get it, man. All of you here, most of you here have probably read this verse before, heard it. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're ever blessed 
to read the Bible through the first time with the man or woman who's recently come to faith, when they read this, it's jarring. It's supposed to be jarring. We gotta, you, it, it's almost as though we've heard this so often, but we don't quite understand what it's saying. Behold, church, you're being sent out on mission for God like a lamb in the middle of wolves. I know that many of us don't get this because I can see on social media we all act so surprised when the wolves all mean to us. Yeah, that's why it's going, it's unfair. We are lambs, the lost world is wolves, and we're being sent. Here's the deal, though. Jesus never, I don't know, what do you get that, what do you get that, that, that switch and bait? He never tries to, I don't know, sell low and then not let us know what's going to happen. He's honest from the get-go, from the get-go, from the get-go, Christian. Jesus said, this is how it's going to be. You're going out as lambs among wolves. I don't know, man. That's not a great, I don't know, recruitment speech. Nonetheless, that's what Jesus says. Verse 4, more instructions. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is all interesting. What are we to make of this? And I've done this before. We could break down each little word, and we could spend some time on this, but that would take a minute, and that's really outside the scope of what we're talking about. So I want to tell you the big ideal here. The big ideal is, church, we are being sent by God on mission, and we are to live simply, we're to show stability, we're to be consistent, and we're to practice discernment. That's what that all means, right? That's the big picture. We are sent out on his mission. We are lambs among wolves, all right? We're doing his mission. But that mission that we're being sent to do, we are reliant upon the one who is sending. In other words, the sender is the one guarantor to give us the things that we need to accomplish the thing that he sent us to do. Church, you want a disciple? You got to be on his mission. That's the first thing. You want to be a disciple of others. You got to be on his mission. All right. A person on mission for Christ. Second, we got to be a person of peace and hospitality. Come on. We all know this. Really, honestly, you would say this. The most effective ministry kind of flows out of relationships. It does. Now we see Jesus sending us out on his mission. And the way he does it starts with peace and hospitality. Hey, listen, we may be going to the wolves, but we're not to be acting like wolves. We're not. You don't be in you know, a wolf's clothing. You know, you're a lamb. Act like it. Act like a lamb. That's who we are, you know? Sometimes, you know, there's a concept of uh, evangelism. You know, you... you, you you knock on doors to a stranger and you talk to them about God. That's not, I'm not saying there's not a time for that, but there does sometimes seem to be, it can be, especially in our, man, I guarantee you, man, um, in my neighborhood, you see someone walking down the road, right, and they're knocking on doors. We all run inside. We all do. My neighbor will come by, hey, someone's selling something. And you just, oh, and it's, it's difficult, right? We live in this, world where people, man, the world, this, this antagonism and all this thing, but 
Oftentimes, knocking on someone's door might feel inauthentic. So check this out, verse 5. Whatever house you enter, first... Notice the word first, guys. First, say, peace be to this house. Christian, we're to bring the shalom or peace of God to them. That's what we're doing. We got the gospel. We got God the Spirit residing in us. We've been sent to do his mission. I'm not looking for conflict. I'm not looking for antagonism. I'm here to bless this house. I'm here to bring salvation by my proclamation of the person works of Jesus Christ to this house. Once again, we gotta care. You, gotta, you gotta care for the people, man. You gotta love the one you've been sent to, right? And I get it, they might look different than you. I get it, they might act different than you. I get it, they may like a different football team than you. Like, who cares, man? I'm on mission, man. I'm on mission. I'm on mission. I'm sent by the God of the universe. I've been sent for peace, shalom, and a blessing. I'm coming to you, brother. I'm coming to you, sister. Because I want to tell you about Jesus. It absolutely matters. It absolutely matters that we genuinely care and bring peace. Verse 6. Check it out. And if a son of peace is there that's in that house, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Now, there's a lot of principles going on there that we could really dig into, but the big picture here is this, and we know this, and I think you intellectually know this, but God is already working in people's lives before you even get to them, period. You got to walk in that, brother and sister. You got to. You absolutely got to, right? There's people in your neighborhood, people whom you work with, parents, of friends, of your kids, or whatever. God is working in their lives. They may not even know it. Don't even know it. You get this opportunity. You get this mission that you're sent on, and your lives interact at a certain point during the day, and you're going to tell them about Jesus, and they are already, God has prepared. God has prepared their hearts. He sent you on the mission. I'll tell you this, man. I say it all the time, I believe in the sovereignty of God. That's right. A lot of people, and I get it, say I believe God's sovereign. But I'm like this. If God is sovereign, I need to act like God is sovereign. And if God is sovereign, that means when I go to the grocery store, the person sitting in line in front of me is not there by accident because there's a sovereign God. You got to act like that. You got to think like that. The people around me when I'm eating eating or visiting or doing whatever. These people are not random people from a random God who randomly operates. It's a God who is sovereign in control. Therefore, I have confidence that when I enter a conversation with the individual in front of me, that God's already working in their lives in some capacity that I can begin a conversation with them and I can point them to Jesus. That's, so, that's a sovereign God. That's a sovereign God. Isn't that? That's a sovereign God. I believe it. I believe it. They're walking. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. The reality is, I'd say this also. God uses acts of love and kindness to point people to Jesus. And I, I do want to briefly talk about this in our church. At, at, here at Silverdale, we do this. We call it serve the city. We've got 
people from all of our campuses, all of our locations, continuously serving the city. We do. I doubt there's a place in this city where we would not find a person from Silverdale volunteering in some capacity. We do it. And and listen, listen, listen. I've got a blessed position. And I go around the city, and um, I can meet somebody, and uh, they learn that I'm Pastor Silverdale, our pastor at Silverdale, and many times they will say to me, you know, man, thank you so much for, you know, um, serving at this specific school or whatever. And I'm always like, I didn't do nothing, you know, but thank you. I, I didn't do nothing. It's our church. It's you. We, we go out there, all right, and we serve and we do these things and we point to Jesus, right? Um, next month, we're kicking off um, what we call Serve the City. You can go online with your family, your small group, and your friends, and you can sign up. 51 different local partnerships. And I just want to give you this information if you want it. If you want to be a part of Serve the City, you can go to silverdalebc.com backslash serve, and um, you can sign up to serve in different capacities around the city. All right? But here's what else I find interesting. We're going to keep pushing through the text, because this is really cool. Part of doing ministry is hanging out and sharing meals with people. It's this word called hospitality. Hospitality, hospitality, I love hospitality. It's kind of a lost art, but look at verse seven. And remain in the same house. That's that consistency. Eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Once again, there's a lot going on here. Big picture is we are commanded. Christian, we are to be hospitable people. We are. And I know some of us are grumpy and not too hospitable. Hey, listen, I understand that. I absolutely understand that. And you know, sometimes I, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I do people come to my house, you know? You know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta, you know, pick up. I got a chair, and in my chair, I got books and papers and all this stuff. And if, you know, someone comes to my house, I might have to clean it up. You know, I don't know. But we're commanded to be hospitable, right? We're commanded to go to people's homes. We're commanded to eat meals. Honestly, I don't think I, I don't think I'm imposing upon the text when I say this. God is pleased when you eat tacos with people. I think it's biblical. I do. You want to disciple people, be be on mission with God, practice peace, practice hospitality. Third thing, and this is really the most important, be a person who connects others to God. That's key. Look at verse 9. Heal the sick in it and say to them, say to them, say to them, look, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The person and works of Christ Jesus, that is the gospel, right? You've got to connect them to Jesus, right? I love eating meals with people. I love helping people out, but that's not our ultimate aim. That's not our ultimate goal or our target. You see, man, you could eat a thousand meals with a thousand people. You could serve a thousand people, do a thousand good deeds. But if you do not point them, connect them to Jesus, my friend, you've done nothing really that impressive. Yeah, anybody can do that. 
Non-Christians do that. They do. What is the uniqueness about the service of a Christian or hospitality from a Christian? The uniqueness is we're going to lovingly and graciously point them to the living God. That's what we do. That's what we do. We point them, connect them to God. The kingdom of God has come near you, right? Good deeds are awesome. Hospitality, awesome. We got to tell them about Jesus. You got to tell them about, come on. It is exactly right. Salvation is, you said awesomer? Is that a word? I, I do too. Awesomerist. It's, all, it's the best. It is. We want to connect people to Jesus. We want to be, come on, we want to be disciples who disciple others. All right. This is where I want to just have a, a, a little con- a conversation. I want to talk to you. I want to just, 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 there's many ways to connect people to Jesus. All right. Hospitality, serving. But I want to tell you one of the most effective ways to disciple other people is to start what we call a, dis- a, disco- a discovery Bible study. And I realize as soon as I say that, <laughs> you know, our default, yeah, Bible studies are good for that person next to me to start, or guy behind me, but oftentimes we don't sit there and think that I could start a Bible study. I want to, I want to completely dispel anyone who believes that, right? If you are a Christian, you can start a discovery Bible study. You're qualified. Only, only, only thing you need to start a Bible study, well, you got to be saved and you got to, I don't know, have a Bible, right? So last week, I'm going to go through this, you know, kind of rapidly. Last week, we, we, we passed out this, this uh, uh, bookmark, Bible mark, and we went through soaps. There's more out there if you want them. But if you turn it over, this is in your um, Bible study outline. It's called a discovery Bible study. Now, I understand every, many of you are saying, I can't lead a Bible study. Listen, you don't have to be the lead teacher in a discovery Bible study. All you got to do is facilitate it. That's all you got to do. I want to convince you of this, and I want you to use this. Let me, I'm going to walk you through it. Any of you can do this, all right? Here's how you do it. You talk to your friends, talk to your co-workers, your neighbors, whoever, and you ask them, would you like to have a Bible study with me? Let me tell you something. Most of them are going to say no. Some of them will say, I'll think about it, but they really mean no. All right? Well, let me tell you something. One or two of them will. They will. And what you do is you take those one or two, meet at your house, meet in the park, meet wherever, and you do a discovery Bible study. And I just want to kind of walk you through it real quick, all right? That's all you do. You're just facilitating. You ain't got to lead nothing. Three parts. First part, look back. You gather together, and you will talk about what are you thankful for? What challenges are you facing? You can pray for one another. There's this question here, what was your I will statement? That will only be if you had one before, but if you're just starting, you won't get to that. All right, that's the look back. Part two, look up. You're going to look up. You're going to study the Bible. Once again, at that point, you go to this side, soaps. We went through that last week, okay? 
You just take a passage and you go through this together. You ask these questions together. You don't even, honestly, you don't have to prepare for this. You're just doing, facilitating it, all right? Then after you do that, you look forward. You talk. What is God saying to me and what will I do in response to this action, right? Who else needs to hear this? Can I tell them? And then you close in prayer. This whole thing can take about an hour, right? That's what you do, right? In about an hour, you can lead someone through a discovery Bible study. Anyone can do this. Anyone can do this, right? I guarantee you, if you start one of these, you're going to see God do some amazing things in your life, in your friend's life, and those around you, right? Come on. I'll say this, the truth, the truth, truth, truth is, truth is, truth is, I, I run to people, all, many people say, pray, I want to be used by God. People come to my office say, I want to grow spiritually. Say, I want to, I want to, I want to help others grow spiritually. And they're like, they're praying for that. I'm praying to be used by God. I'm praying to grow spiritually. I'm praying to lead others. They're praying, they're praying, and they're praying, but they don't do anything. You got to be a doer of the word. God, if you're praying and you're asking, you're saying, God, I want, I want, I want to grow. I want to disciple. I want to be involved. I want to do these things, but yet you do nothing. Let me rephrase that. Let me say it this way. Let me propose this to you. If you have been praying, if you've been praying, God, I want to disciple others. Might I submit to you that God has answered your prayer today by showing you a discovery Bible study? I don't, and you're like, this doesn't look like what I thought my prayers would be. I'm just telling you, if you commit to this, you do this. God moves, man. Christian, you gotta understand, you can do this. You can do this. I want to, let me close out this way, real quick. There's one other obstacle I want to eliminate. Because I hear this one. I hear this, I hear this, I hear this one. People say, okay, I can facilitate, but once again, I don't have the facilities to facilitate. You know, so I, you know, because my house messy, my house small, my house, I ain't gonna, I don't know, I gotta serve some, hors d'oeuvres, what's it, an or, is that how you say it? I don't know, but you know, I got, guys, listen, I want to eliminate, I, I, you stop, let's, do you know that Silverdale Saturday nights was started on my back porch with two individuals, all right, I want you, and I'll tell you something, the common belief was I had to provide pizza and I didn't, I'm not going to provide nothing. I found two guys who said they wanted to study the Word of God. I told them, I'm not giving you nothing. I wouldn't even give them a glass of water. I'm not joking. I go, you want to drink water? Bring your own water. Right? I said, I'll give you a chair. If someone's sitting in it, you got to stand. And it was on my back porch. It was August, and it was hot. Two guys came. We walked through the Bible. They invited friends. Friends got saved, and guys kept coming. They kept coming. I'm not making this stuff up, and I never, they didn't give them anything. I ran out of chairs. Ran out of chairs. 
People said, let's get chairs. And I said, no, these are men. They got two legs. If they can, stand. You can't stand. We'll provide for you for sure. I kid you not, one of the memories I got my, one of the sticks in my mind, one, my porch is covered. But it was raining outside. The rain is coming down. The porch was full. Grown men were standing in the rain. They don't care. Guys, it's not, it's not about the facilities. Never. Shame on us if we think the facilities hinders the power of God. Because it does not. What hinders the power of God is, well, nothing can hinder the power of God. But I'll tell you what frustrates it is Christians not being obedient. You've all been sent. All of you, if you're a Christian, you've been sent. Go. Go and do it. Wherever you're at, God is sovereign. He's working in their lives. Tell them about Jesus. Do it lovingly. Do it kindly, but do it persistently. Yeah. I know, man. I know. Oaks, too, right? (laughs) I know, I know. I know, I know. I know, I know. We got them. We do, man. Let me do this. When the 72 came back, look what the text says, Luke 10, 17. The 72 returned with what? Joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said to them, look what Jesus says. I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Here's what we rejoice in. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Amen. Hey. Oh, yeah, actually. Come on. Come on. Oh, you're exactly right. And also, you know what? I didn't go over. I'll do this real quick in there if you want to um, host a small I got some information there I didn't go over this and you'll be part of um, host a small group in your home or whatever you can contact Taylor Smith I gave you his email address if you want to start a small group there's David Thompson's email address as well you can email me too guys I love you let's pray father thank you for this church Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Empower us, Father. We want to be, we want to be men and women radically dedicated to our church. Dedicated in attendance, dedicated in prayer, dedicated in service, dedicated in the, the, the loving and doing life with one another for your glory, for our joy, and for the good of our city. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale. And we really want you to feel welcome and a part. 
So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.